All right, good evening. Let's all stand and turn to page 273. Good Christian men rejoice. We'll do all three verses. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is here born today. Or as asses before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today, Christ is born today. Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss, joy, joy. Jesus Christ was born for this. He hath opened heaven's door, and man is blessed forevermore. Christ was born today, Christ was born for this. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Peace, peace, Jesus Christ was born to say. Cause you one and cause you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save, Christ was born to save. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Where's Harold at? Is Harold here today? He's out here? Well, all right, today's Harold's birthday. I thought we'd um, all sing Harold, uh, happy birthday to Harold. If he'll show up. Yay, Harold. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Thank you. Evening, church. So I thought tonight I would focus on our local ministries in the states that we all support. We hear a lot about our overseas ministries, and I think we kind of lack a little bit of knowing exactly who, what, and how much we contribute to a lot of our local ministries in the United States. How about now? All right, so. One of them I've ever heard of um, is called Ends of the Earth Missions. Um, this is a ministry we support out of Beeville, Texas, and um, I don't know much about them except, you know, we support them pretty well. Um, that's pretty much all I can tell you on that one because I don't have a lot of data for that. However, I do have uh, Dr. Shoemaker with Church Plan of America, and we're all pretty familiar with Dr. Shoemaker. So... We gave a $1,200 donation um, to National Church Planning Month. And what this money does is it goes to Dr. Shoemaker and his organization where they go and help other churches, other mission groups, plant other churches around the country. Um, and it's done with another group that he deals with uh, traveling through. And it is, got my paper mixed up, NCPM. 
So in one month alone, Dr. Shoemaker has traveled to Salem, Grant Path, Calum Falls, Oregon, New York, Missouri, Florida, Ohio, back to Florida again, all in one month, spreading the joy of just church planning and getting organizations set up. And then in November, he turned around and did it all again, spreading around. This one, he went to uh, Westwood Baptist Church in Poplar Fall, Poplar Bluff, and this is where they received a wonderful gift from NCPM, um, where they started to plant a church there. And then they went to Milford, Ohio, and again, supported another church planting event there where he spoke five more times just in that one general area, raising support and missions. And um, you all know Dr. Shoemaker, that is a never-ending job for him. It's a continuous, after letter after letter you read, He's just constantly going from church to church, spreading the love and joy of how more important it is for us to get out for all the churches and plant our seeds. And then here locally in Rinkin, we have the Manor House. This is one that I think we all kind of overlook a lot. We support them a lot, and with our donation, we help them out, and they can support at least 1,000 families a month by our helping donation. And... It did a great deal for them this Thanksgiving. They were able to reach many families this Thanksgiving and gave them a good meal. A couple of other ones that uh, we all should be familiar with is Savannah Care. Savannah Care um, deals with a lot of pregnancy, um, pre-abortions, and they do a lot of support and mental well-being. And it's an organization that some people may frown upon, but when you read the information of what they do and how they support the people who are going through situations that they don't particularly need to be involved in or can't help the situation they got put into, it helps them out when they have a supporting organization there that allows them the opportunity to speak to someone, get help, and get medical needs that they may need. And that's it. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Brother Danny, for that. And um, pray for our missionaries and uh, all the work that they do and all uh, that they accomplished. I just got back from um, Church Planning America. Um, uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the board there. And um, Dr. Shoemaker just travels around so much. He talked about Popular Bluff. Popular Bluff is where uh, Brother Proctor is. Brother Proctor's son-in-law um, uh, was uh, uh, one of our assistants, uh, Phil. Uh, you remember the, the Waymans? They were here, um, uh, Phil and Tori. And uh, that is um, uh, Tori's uh, daddy up there in Popular Bluff. And, and he is now um, going to be traveling with... Uh, Church Planning America, and uh, kind of doing the East Coast, uh, the Northeast uh, Coast, and then uh, many of you know Rick Adams. Um, Rick Adams' brother, uh, Greg Adams, uh, was a youth pastor here uh, at this church, um, I don't know, 150 years ago, something like that, and um, he, a uh, great guy, and uh, Brother Greg is, and Brother Rick uh, is the one that uh, went out west and started the church in Oregon.
And um, he is... Uh, he is the Baptist Pope of the West. I mean, he has just really done some great work planting churches up and down uh, the West Coast. And he's now traveling uh, as well as a representative with Church Planting America and um, on the West Coast, kind of taking, uh, taking some of those on the West Coast. Because Dr. Shoemaker is literally going, I mean, all over the place on planes and going back in two and... Um, uh, he has preached uh, countless uh, sermons. Uh, Church Planning America has helped counsel, counsel, um, countless um, church planners uh, around the country. And uh, a lot of the church planners uh, that are planning churches are in places where there are, there are no churches. See, often we think this, and I, I've often thought this through the years, uh, uh, we don't need any more churches in America. We need to send all of our money uh, overseas because they need to hear. And to a certain extent, I understand that. Um, we probably don't need another church in Rankin. Um, you know, we probably don't need another church in... Now, I'm not saying that it's not good to have churches and good Bible-preaching churches, but there are some places, and I'll tell you right now, you could travel where I live. You could travel for miles and not and not come into a church, not hit a church. Um, you can't drive through the country around here without coming across four or five, six churches. And so um, a lot of these churches are being planted in different, uh, in different areas, uh, uh, the Midwest, uh, the, the North. Uh, we had a, a, a church planner come uh, and uh, give, uh, give a testimony. Uh, he's up in uh, Kennedy, uh, New York, south of Buffalo, and um, planted a church a few years back, and the uh, Lord's really using them there uh, in a very uh, rural setting uh, and a very difficult, uh, difficult area. And um, so church planning, uh, America uh, helps uh, with these church planners, and then the, the money we send each year uh, for um, uh, church planning month uh, helps with... Um, uh, helps these church planners who are... Now, now think about this. So, you know, we kind of spoiled, right? I mean, but at, at some point, this church was started somewhere, right? And so it was started, uh, of course, across town. And, and, um, but we're spoiled to, to know, you know, all I've known since I've been here for 15 years is this church building, right? And we've had this church building, we've had property, we've had... But some of these church planners are meeting in schools, and you think, well, that's a good place. Yeah, when you have to tear things down and then set them back up and tear them down and set them back up. Uh, I've got, I know church planners have started in funeral homes. Uh, now, that one's, that one's something. But uh, Moose Lodges, I mean, wherever they can start a church, uh, there's a church planner who started a church in the area, and the only, um, the only other um, uh, organization or church that was in the area was uh, the uh, Seventh-day Adventist. And so, guess what? Seventh-day Adventists meet on Saturday. And so they were using the church 
on Sunday in the Seventh-day Adventist. And so the, you do what you can to, to try to get a building, and, um, and so there's lots of challenges. So we've, uh, we've been able to, Church Planning America has been able to help with uh, uh, materials and been able to help with, uh, with uh, property and buildings and fixing up. And um, uh, Brother Herzig that we just, uh, uh, just interviewed there uh, this last week, uh, he, he got a building. A building was given to him. And you think, wow, praise the Lord. Build. Man, that place was dilapidated. I mean, it was falling apart. And uh, so Church Planning America has been able to help uh, uh, with several of those um, projects and get these church planners uh, uh, on their feet. His church now is uh, supporting, I believe, 11 missionaries. And uh, Lord's just really using them up there in uh, uh, up, up there in the Northeast. And uh, we certainly praise the Lord for being able to have a part in, um, in these missionaries, whether they're here or uh, across the pond. And we're so thankful uh, to have a, a, little, a little part uh, in their ministry through giving and through, uh, through praying. Uh, Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two, uh, got a meeting tonight, uh, uh, the uh, nominating committee. Uh, I want to meet with you uh, as quick as I can, uh, okay, right after the services tonight, nominating committee meeting. And if you can help, uh, if you're able to help, uh, we need to move a piano, not this one, but we need to move a piano over to the fellowship hall. And so if you can help uh, with that, that would be great. The more hands uh, to, to get that over. Uh, if, you, if you cannot help, that's okay, okay? But if you can't help, uh, and um, if, if I think you can help, I'm just going to wrangle you anyways. But um, if you can't, that's, that's completely understandable. We need to try to get that over there. Uh, I know the teens are, are going to be uh, helping with that as well. Uh, but as you know, um, them puppies are heavy. And so I'm uh, going to try to get that over there tonight. So if you can help with that real quick after the service, unless you're on the nominating committee. If you're on the nominating committee, then I'm sorry, you can't help. We've got to meet, okay? And uh, we've got to uh, get that done as, uh, as uh, quick as possible uh, tonight. Luke chapter uh, number two tonight. Luke chapter number two. I just want to look at, we looked at this morning, we looked at this passage, and we looked at several verses, and I just want to look at uh, uh, verse number 10. We're talking about uh, a message of peace, a message of peace. And this morning we talked about in the this message of peace that it was a salvation message, that it was a salvation message. And then tonight I want to talk about the second thing. And not only is it a salvation message, but is a soothing message, a soothing message. Look with me, chapter number two, Luke in verse number 10. The scripture says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So the angel Lord says to them uh, these two words, fear not, 
Fear not. It was a soothing message. It's kind of uh, along the same lines uh, of the message uh, that Jesus speaks to his disciples uh, in John uh, chapter number 14 when he tells them uh, that, that they, don't have to be, uh, they don't have to be troubled. Let not your heart uh, be uh, troubled. And we've got to, um, we've got to uh, understand that God knows what we're going through. God sees all things, right? So God knows what you're facing. Sometimes things that we're facing, we share with other people. Sometimes those things are private. But understand this, nothing is private to God, right? So God knows all things. God sees all things. And God goes with us through the things that we go through. And we don't have to be troubled. We don't have to be afraid. We have this soothing message, this message of fear not. We don't have to be afraid. Do you remember in Luke chapter number one uh, and Matthew chapter number one, both Mary and Joseph were given this same message. You talk about, you talk about petrified. You talk about afraid. They were afraid. What are people going to say? How is this going to turn out? What is this going to... I mean, who's going to believe that I'm going to conceive and that I'm a virgin? How is that going to be possible? And the angel Lord told Mary what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. And then Joseph, I mean, as he is mixed up in this whole situation, the Bible says that he's going to put her away privately and um, uh, he's not going to make a spectacle of her, but come on, who's going to believe this story? And the angel Lord comes separately to Joseph and tells Joseph the same thing that the angel Lord tells Mary, and that is, fear not, don't, don't be afraid. And what faith that Mary had and what faith that Joseph had and what faith that men and women throughout the Bible and men and women throughout history have had to just stop and believe God. Just stop and trust God. We don't have all the answers. Probably most of us have been around long enough to know that we don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, most of us have been around long enough to know that we're never going to have all the answers in this world, right? And so there's some things that we have questions about, and there's some things that we'll probably always have questions about, and, and we won't know the answer until uh, we get to, to be with God in heaven. But do you know, the Bible says that we can have faith and not be afraid. We can have faith and not be worried, we can have faith and not be torn apart. You know, the Bible, the Bible says that we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about the things that are gonna happen tomorrow. We don't have to worry about the things that are gonna happen next week. We don't have to worry about the things that are gonna happen in an hour from now. We have no idea what the future holds. But we always, we always say this, right? But we know who holds the future. And if we know who holds the future, we don't have faith in our abilities. 
We don't have faith in what we can accomplish or what we can get done. We have faith in Him who knows the future. We have faith in Him who uh, can take care of not only the past and present, uh, but the future as well. You know, when it comes to fear, do you know with everything in life, everything in life, fear brings consequences. Fear brings consequences. When we are afraid, what will fear do? Fear will cripple us. Fear will hinder us. It'll hinder us from serving the Lord. It will cripple us from doing what God has called us to do. It will stop us. You know, so many people in this life live in fear. They live being afraid of what's going to happen, of the what-ifs. I've got a book. Um, matter of fact, there's two of them. It's part one, and uh, they wrote another one, uh, part two. And the book's called What If. What If. And they give scenarios through history. What if one little thing changed? What if one little thing was altered? What if this didn't happen? What if, what if Hitler was never conquered? What if, and it gives all these what ifs and how things could have changed and how. Do you know what we often live in? When we live in fear, we live in the what ifs. Well, what if the meeting goes bad? What if this relationship goes bad? What if, what if, what if? And you know what it ends up doing? It ends up crippling us. And ends up stopping us from doing the things that we know are right to do. And him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so we need to get out there and do the things God has called us to do. And if we don't do those things, there are consequences to them. There's consequences to fear. That, that crippling that crippling fear that uh, often uh, hits uh, uh, people about what's going to happen uh, to t- what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, what's going to happen in this next situation. Fear not, he said. Don't be afraid. There's consequences to fear, but then there's a, a conclusion to fear. What is the conclusion of fear? Uh, God tells us the conclusion of fear is in Second Timothy chapter one. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, what does the Bible say? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know, often when we live in fear, we don't have a sound mind. We don't think straight. We often say this, right? Hey, listen, hey, man, he just got, he needs to get his head screwed on straight. You ever, you ever heard that before or said that before? Uh, they just, why? Because their, their thinking is off. Their mind is off. Let this mind be in you, Philippians says, that was also in Christ Jesus. We need to have a a Christ mind. We need to have that peace that the Bible says in the book of John that passeth all understanding. The, The God is not meant for you to live in fear. God, I don't want you to be afraid. God doesn't want you to be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, so often, you know what we do? I'm probably, I probably go to the other extreme, so I, I, I'm, I'm probably not any better than anybody else. But, because I don't even watch the news. But you know what some people do? They sit in front of the TV and watch the news and worry, worry, worry. 
Now, you, you probably should be up to date on things, but listen to me. I don't need to watch it. You guys tell me. So I have people tell me all the time what's going on. And so I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to watch the news to tell me. And half the time they're lying anyway. So, I mean, I just, uh, but sometimes we sit in front of that news and man, and you know, you know what the news portrays most of the time? The what ifs. The what ifs. What if this happens? What if this person is convicted? What if this person can't do this? What if this person has, and, and boy, it's just a, oh my goodness, this is going to happen. And oh my goodness, this is going to happen. And boy, we begin to have heart palpitations. And boy, we begin to worry. And boy, we begin to, and boy, you know what, happen, you know what happens to it? You know what fear will do to you? It will control you. It will control you. It will, it will, it will decide for you what you're going to do. And God's not giving us the spirit of fear. Now, I'm not saying be carefree. I'm not saying just go out there and do whatever and just let it, let it lay the way it lays. I'm, you know, we got to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? The scripture says, but we don't have to be afraid either. Do you know, do you know this? Dwayne, Dwayne Duff said this to me years ago. We were talking, and, and, he, and he made this statement to me. It just kind of stuck. You ever, ever somebody said something to you, and it just kind of sticks? They would say about Brother Dwayne. He said he's always sizing you up, right? He's always, he's always looking at you, you know, because he's, he's an undertaker, and he's an undertaker for the upper taker, right? And so he's, uh, he's always sizing you. He says this. He said this just kind of nonchalantly. I thought it was a pretty good statement. He said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to take the route to get there. What's the way to get there? Well, outside the rapture, which hasn't happened yet, the only way to get there is through death. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You don't understand, we're always afraid. We're afraid of what's going to happen. What if we get in the car and this happens? What if we got on the plane and this happens? What if, well, yeah, it could happen, right? We could go to sleep tonight and not wake up in the morning. We could, I mean, there are all sorts of things could happen, but we should not be controlled by that. We should be controlled by having a sound mind, the scripture says, by faith, by love. You see, uh, in, in, uh, in our trouble, in our multitudes of troubles, in our, in our difficulties, you know what Jesus said? In the world you shall have tribulation. Right? You're going to have troubles. You're going to have problems. But look what Jesus said. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So, listen. Do you believe God's in control? I, I believe God's in control. I believe God is sovereign. I believe in the providence of God. I wholeheartedly believe in Romans 8, 28. I believe all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. I believe that verse. And if I believe that verse, that means I, I have no say-so of tomorrow. Now, I have a schedule, right? There are things that are on my schedule. There are several things I've got to do before you see me, you've seen us drive up in that, in that, in that red, red car. It's not ours. We had to rent it to go to Jacksonville. We don't have a car that can make it past Pooler, okay? So we had to rent the car. So if you're looking and you're saying, oh, ah, no, that's not ours. So I, I got to take that back tomorrow. I got to go to the bank tomorrow. We've got to go. We've got to go to Pooler tomorrow. We've got to, and all that, we got to do all this before the 
adult Christmas party that is also tomorrow. So I've got a schedule. So don't you. Some of you are going to go to work. Some of you are going to get up and go to your recliner and sit in your recliner. And some of you are going to, I mean, we're going to do different things, right? We're going to do different things uh, uh, tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. We have no, right? Lord willing. That's what's going to happen. Lord willing, I have this plan. Has, have you ever had a plan and God changed it? <laughs> You've been around long enough, you have. And boy, something happens in life and it changes and all of a sudden you're not doing X, Y, Z anymore because God decided you're going to do ABC now. And sometimes you have no say-so over it. And you can worry about that and you can fret yourself about that. Fret not, fret not thyself for tomorrow. The Bible says, uh, let tomorrow take care of itself. Allow God to take care of it. If you'll follow God, God will work all things uh, out for your good. Sometimes when God alters something, have you ever been upset? Because God altered a plan that you had and you really wanted to do this plan. And God alters this plan and, and you're upset about this plan. But then you get down the road a little bit. And you look back and you think to yourself, wow, I'm sure glad God altered my plan. You know, you ever said this? Maybe you haven't said it out loud, but you said it to yourself and maybe even said it to God. Boy, God really does know what he's doing. <laughs> well, God, God, you know, God doesn't need our help. You ever seen those stickers? You might have them on, on your car. Um, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying uh, you see them all the time. God is my co-pilot. God is not interested in being your co-pilot. Listen, he, he's, he's the pilot, okay? I mean, we, if, he, if you grab the controls, you're in trouble. Every time I've ever grabbed the controls, I got in trouble. Every single time. Every time I think I know more than God, I always find myself in trouble. Every time God says to go east and I end up going west, I always find myself in trouble. Every single time time. Why? Because God knows best. How many times have you heard, how many times have you heard it said, mama knows best? You probably said it a million times, mama knows best. And you know what? Probably not every time, but good golly, it's probably true most of the time, right? Mama knows best. Uh, can I tell you something? God always knows best. He knows the way that you need to take he knows the way that you need to go because what we have in our lives is a barrier, right? Our vision is, it's, it's like a barrier because we can only see in now. We can glance at the past because we can see some of the past and see what's happened in the past. We can see a little bit of future through prophecy and through the word of God and we can know what's going to happen. We know even though we don't see it yet, we know the rapture is going to happen because the Bible tells us it's going to happen. So we know that's in, in the future at some point. Uh, but, uh, but there's this barrier that we can't see. We can't see tomorrow. We can't see what tomorrow holds. But there is no barrier to God. So God knows what tomorrow is going to bring. He knows what next week's going to bring. And he knows what next month and next year and the next decade are going to bring. And so he's working all these things out, not for just the here and now. See, we are short-sighted people. 
We want what we want because we want it in the right now. We want, what's, we want it according to what's going on in our life right now. But God doesn't see just the right now. He's working the right now out along with the future out, and he's got a plan for your life. He's got a direction for your life. And he's, do you know what he says? Listen, you know what he's telling you? Don't be afraid. You want to fear? Do you know there's a healthy fear? There is a healthy fear. Do you know it's smart? Do you, do you, have you ever met these people that, that have that, it's like a missing gland? It's, it really is. It's a, it's a real thing. And, and, and they're like super-duper adrenaline junkies. I mean, these are the people that, are, that you know, climb these cliffs that, with, no, with no harnesses, and they you know, jump from place to place 3,000 feet up, and they climb cranes, and these, all these people. They have this, many of them have a, a, a missing gland. It's, it's, a, it's the gland that tells you, don't do that. Don't be stupid. Really, it's that, it's, it really is. It's not called that, but it is what that that, that gland does. It and it gives you a, a healthy fear when you go up to uh, somewhere high and you and you, you know you get too close to the edge and your heart starts racing a little bit. It's a, it's telling you, hey, you better be careful. If you fall over, you're you're you know it's curtains, pal. You know, so it's telling you this and 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 this 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 healthy fear. Do you know where our fear should be pointed to? Our fear should be pointed towards God. Because you know what fear is? Fear, this healthy fear is a reverence. Fear, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Smart to fear, to fear the Lord. Not fear the Lord as in cowering because you're afraid he's going to bonk you on the head if you do wrong. But this fear of reverence. Hallowed be thy name, the scripture says. This reverence for who God is. And that's where Hebrews 11 comes in. What is Hebrews 11 about? By faith. By faith. By faith. They live their lives by faith. Do you know how we're supposed to live our lives? We're not supposed to live our lives by sight. What we can see. We're supposed to live our lives by faith. Trusting, trusting God. Not flippantly. We don't, we don't, we don't you know, get thousands of feet in the air in an airplane and get to, get to the, the door of the airplane and jump out and say, okay, God, save me. You better have a parachute on, right? Now, there are people that have lived, I don't know how that's happened, but they have, I mean, but it's not very often. You jump out of an airplane, you don't have a parachute, and somebody ain't jumping out after you with a parachute, you dead, okay? You can have all the faith you want to, but that's, there's a fine line between faith and foolishness, right? So when we, we're talking about fearing God, we're talking about reverencing Him and honoring Him and lauding Him for who He is. Don't be afraid of those that can kill the body, the Scripture says. Be afraid of the one that can condemn your soul. So it's a soothing message. Don't be afraid. Let me give you the last thing tonight. It's not only a salvation message and a soothing message, but then it's a shouting message. It is a, uh, it is a shouting uh, message. You know, uh, the scripture says uh, uh, that when the, um, here in uh, chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, uh, the angels uh, praise their creator. 
It was a message, this salvation message, this soothing message, this message of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a message worth shouting about. It's a message worth praising God about. Look with me in verses 13 and 14 of Luke chapter number 2. And suddenly there was, there was with the heavenly, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. A shouting message. Jesus said this in Mark chapter number 2 in verse number 17. They uh, that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick uh, are the ones that need the saving. They're the ones that need the help. They're, and by the way, when they are, and we see the miracles, and we see what God does, and we see what he does in the scripture, and when he see what he does in the church, and when he see what he does in our own lives, it is a time worth praising. It's a time worth standing on our housetops and shouting for the world to hear. You see, Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Don't be ashamed. You know what a shame does? A shame takes their candle and they, and they hide it. They hide it under a bushel, right? Remember the song? We used to sing it all the time to children. Don't hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it what? Shine. And I'm going to tell you, we have a message worth shouting about. We have a message worth praising about. We shout about a lot of things. We get excited about a lot of things. I mean... There's a lot of things that, that happen in life that, man, we just, we're just, I mean, just thrilled about. Football teams, basketball teams, baseball teams, whatever it is that you enjoy watching. Boy, we, we get heated. We get excited. I mean, we, sh I mean, we go to games and we just act a fool. People act a fool at them games. I mean, and, and. And, and here's, their, here's their thing. Why not? This is my team, and I'm going to shout for them. I'm gonna, by the way, at these teams, at these games, I know at least for football, they always have these sections, and they're always looking for the loudest student sections. Matter of fact, many of these uh, uh, football games, you go to certain stadiums, and they measure the decibels of how loud it gets in that stadium and how hard it is for a team to come in and play in that stadium because, because the crowd, the, the people out in the stands are shouting so loud for their team. They're excited. I'm telling you, if it's your team, it's, um, it's amazing. Kyle could never be a ref. Ever. Because it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, somebody from Georgia could drop kick the other player. They throw a flag, and Kyle says, what they throw a flag for? What, are they blind? I can't believe it. Starts screaming. I'm like, Kyle, did you not see what they just, no. I just, and then somebody from the other team just touches a Georgia player. Where's the flag? Where? You know why? Because it's your team, right? You're shouting. 
You're excited for your team. You're excited for your game. You're, and there's nothing wrong with it. Don't misunderstand me. And by the way, if you're paying that much to go to a football game, you ought to be shouting. But I want you to know something. We shouldn't be tight-lipped when it comes to God. We shouldn't be tight-lipped when it comes to our Savior. We should be, we should be just as excited or more excited. Because we're on the, you know, sometimes your team loses. That stinks. It does. And boy, you just, some people take it a little too far, but you know, they get total depression until next year. But I mean, you know, sometimes they lose. Do you know God never loses? If you're on God's side, you're always on the winning side. He always sees us through. He always finishes. He always is there for us. His presence is always real. All these things that God does in our lives, these things are worth shouting about. They're worth telling our family about. They're worth telling our neighborhood about. They're worth telling whoever will listen, whoever won't listen. We're willing, we should be willing to tell. Excited what God has done for us. Not embarrassed. Next time you're in a restaurant, you go to pray, don't look around or don't just be proud to, to have a word of prayer. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing how much people are paying attention. I've told you this before, but the first cruise that we ever took, our kids were little. And we didn't know that you could request to sit by yourself with your own family. And they used to pair you up with other families when you went on a cruise. And so um, if I would have known... I don't, I don't do well with other people. And so I would have got my own table, and we've always got our own table after that. But they paired us up with uh, this, um, these people. I, I can't remember where they were from. Uh, they were from another country, and they spoke decent English, and um, they were just a squared-away family. And the very first night, you eat together every single night. And that very first night, to... I looked, at it, I looked up at them and I said, do you mind if we have a word of prayer and uh, for our food? So I don't want it to be awkward. I didn't want us to pray while they're like, what are you, you, know, what are you doing? And they said, oh, no, no, please have a word of prayer. And, and so we had a word of prayer. The next night, I mean, I'm here to tell you, we sat down and he went <laughs> to his kids. And they went <laughs> ready to pray. You know why? Because they're paying attention. People will respect that. Now, you're going to get people that are, you know, are people, right? But by and far, people are going to respect. You don't have to be ashamed. You can be proud. And we ought to be proud, right? We ought to be proud to be Christians. We ought to be proud to be counted amongst God's people. And being proud means you're shouting it. Being proud means you're not hiding your candle. Being proud means that you're getting on the housetops and, and you're a witness and you're uh, a bearing witness and you're uh, sharing your testimony and you're doing everything you can to be a help and a blessing to other people. Don't ever be afraid to shout it from the housetops. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the time together. Lord, thank you that uh, this message of peace is a salvation message, a soothing message, uh, and a shouting message. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in our hearts and in our lives, and may you uh, be exalted with the things that are said and done. We'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. Dismiss us with your blessing. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you can help with the